happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. I I don't have a reason for you to go get margaritas this week. I know that that's kind of one of my things, to give you a reason why you should go get margaritas this week. And I'm doing a normal, regular podcast this week on some of the stories that I haven't had a chance to touch on over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, but before I get into that, you know what? Before I get into that, let me do the, the housekeeping for the people that are finding me for the first time. So if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast or it's the first time you're hearing my voice, There's a couple of things that you need to know about me and about this podcast in general. First, the podcast is an amateur podcast. It is not professionally done. I am currently sitting in my shed uh, on my iPhone with a pair of earbuds. That is literally how this is being recorded right now. So if you hear some background noise, if you hear the neighbor's dog barking, if you hear the birds chirping, if you hear somebody start up a lawnmower... Just roll with it, right? It's not meant to be perfect. It's not meant to be polished. It's not meant to be, you know, professionally done. So just kind of roll with anything that you hear in the background that might not belong, quote unquote, in a podcast. Also, if you're finding me for the very first time, chances are you don't know about my website. So if you have a moment, please swing by uh, the website, which is Old Hippie Media. Dot com. That's Old Hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, Media. Dot com. There you're going to find more things about me. You're going to find my blog. You're going to find links on where you can follow me on all the various social media sites. You're going to find links on where you can buy my first two books. If you haven't purchased my books yet, go do so. You're going to find links uh, a link on where you can uh, access my merch store. I, I have over 400 items to choose from. You're going to find uh, where you can send me something or support me in general. Also, don't forget that you can leave a comment, a question, or a voicemail on this platform, on this podcast. Um, and I, I say that because I've gotten a handful of comments since my last podcast episode. And as I came out here to the shed and sat down to, to, to set up this morning, uh, there was a voicemail, which I don't get a ton of voicemails. And uh, I, got, I got a voicemail from somebody named Mary in California. Uh, Mary, I appreciate the kind words, encouraging uh, me to stick with therapy and telling me everything's going to work out. I do appreciate that. Um, And I want to touch on last week's episode just briefly before we get into the news stories of this week, or of of the last few weeks. I I know that last week's episode was a little bit... uh, out of the norm, so to speak. And uh, I've had a bunch of people send me messages on the various social media sites. I've had a handful of, of emails sent to me and messages on, on, on this section, this application's Q&A platform, as well as the voicemail, as I said. And I, I want everybody to know that even if I don't reply to you, I do see them, I do read them, I appreciate everybody's kind words, yeah, I'm going through some shit, 
yeah, right now life is generally not good. Uh, I am hopeful that everything is going to work out. And yes, my wife and I are going to therapy. And yes, we are doing individual therapy. That's one of the questions that I've gotten the most is, is there a chance that you and your wife could do individual therapy as well as couples therapy? We're doing both. We had our first couple session and we've each had our first individual session. And next week we go back into uh, our couples session uh, uh, again. Uh, and then in that session, we're going to figure out a path forward. Um, we also need to figure out if it's even going to be a viable option. My wife's insurance has changed. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to be covered and what's not going to be covered in, in a week and a half's time. October 1st, we get, we go on all new insurance. So we're, we're going to try and figure out whatever the hell it is we need to figure out. But I want to just let everybody know that I do appreciate, you know, you're reaching out, looking out, being worried and all of that good stuff. I, I know last week's episode was fucking bizarre in, in, in one sense. Uh, but last week's episode is you hearing, uh, my reality, my, my true feelings and emotions. So, uh, it, I'm a little bit happier this week, ever so slightly happier this week. Um, in that, you know, uh, my, my wife actually got a, 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 a job description in writing and well, we're still waiting for it. They've agreed to it and we're waiting for the actual physical letter to arrive, but it, it is supposed to outline that she is not supposed to travel more than two to three times a year and no more than one night any given trip and anything that can be done in a day trip will be done in a day trip. So that makes me a little bit happier. I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't necessarily trust these people, so I don't know that they're going to hold to it, but I, I'm, I'm at least glad that they're willing to recognize that it is an issue and that they are willing to cut back on it. We have other issues to deal with in that the changing of the insurance, which is going to cost us a fuck ton more money. But that's a whole different fight. So, I, like I said, I appreciate it. Um, I'm not saying that I'm better this week than last week. I'm just saying that uh, today I don't feel like crying my eyes out. Today. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Anyway, we got to get into some of these news stories that we didn't get a chance to touch on in the last couple of weeks. And some of these stories are going to be like, wow, that seems like it happened forever ago. Because I haven't talked about news on this platform in a couple of weeks. So, um, oh my goodness. I didn't even do new picks here. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm dealing with last week's notes. Can you believe that shit? Uh, as far as football goes. Hang on one second, though. 
I have new picks in my notes. So there we go. So last week, we start out, once again, if you're new, we start out with football picks during the football season. I'll make this brief. My wife doesn't really like listening to the football section. And I know not everybody is a football fan. Last week, I went 7-8. and eight. I went 7-8 and eight in week one. So, so far on the year, I am 14-16. and 16, Just tearing it up like I did last year. Now, I don't pick the Thursday games because the, the podcast airs on Friday morning. So, I didn't pick... I, you're probably looking at the numbers going, you're missing some games. Yeah, I didn't pick the Thursday game. So, a um, couple of things. My quarterback, uh, Richardson, got knocked out of the game with a concussion. Gardner Minshew came in, uh, performed admirably. They got the W. My, my team is 1-1, one one, tied for first place in division. Nothing to write home about. It's only week two. I'm sure they're going to fall back in the pack in the coming weeks. Um, the two teams that I focus on the most when I talk about football are my team, the Colts, and the team that represents the city I'm closest to, which is Chicago. And the Bears are... They're falling apart at mock speed. The head coach has resigned out of nowhere after week two. Didn't even didn't even make the trip to Tampa Bay for week two. Um, the the coaches the, the the defensive coordinator has 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 resigned. It is said that his home was raided by the FBI. There are a million rumors circulating as to why we don't know the reason why. Um, we have the, the the starting quarterback who's in year three just stinking on ice and essentially blaming play calling. Uh, you have other players on the team that are liking tweets on Twitter that say that the Bears are, are hot garbage. This team is falling apart rapidly. And this was supposed to be the year that they were going to begin to put it all together, maybe even make a playoff run this year. You are watching the beginning of the end of the Justin Fields era in Chicago. They have lost 22 straight games and have given up 25 points or more. Now, that's not the quarterback's fault, but the quarterback is not playing very well. They're just, it's just, and maybe it is play calling, but he is not playing very well. So it's going to be an interesting and bumpy ride moving forward for uh, for the uh, for the Bears. So let me just give you this week's picks, and then we can move on to some of these news stories. Uh, once again, do not bet with these picks. You are sure to lose your money. So, uh, barring last night's Thursday night game, this week's uh, winners will be the Ravens, Browns, Lions, Packers, Jaguars, Dolphins, Vikings, Jets, Bills, Seahawks, Cowboys, Chiefs, Raiders, Eagles, and Bengals. That's who I'm picking for straight-up wins in Week 3. Do not bet, once again, with those picks. They are sure to be wrong. All right, so news that we missed. Um, this is how long it's been since I've talked about news on this podcast. We lost a legend since last we spoke uh, about actual news. We lost Jimmy Buffett at the age of 76 a couple of weeks back, and um, that one hurt a little bit. Jimmy is uh, 
Jimmy was, uh, no, he still is, a legend. An absolute legend in American music uh, folklore. And I don't know a person, literally in my life, I don't know a person that doesn't know at least Cheeseburger in Paradise. And uh, it is said that Jimmy passed surrounded by his family, his music, and, uh, you know, that's all one can hope for when the end time comes. Sorry to cry on you guys again, but I think I'm going to here when I talk about this. I have three major fears in life. That's not to say that I'm only afraid of three things, but I, I have three major fears in my life. Uh, I, I have a fear of my wife finding somebody better and leaving me. That's major fear number one. Uh, major fear number two is that I'm going to develop some type of neurological disease, such as uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, and I'm not going to recognize the people in my life and, and thus be a burden on them. And my last big fear is dying alone. And, uh, you know, I hear about Jimmy Buffett passing away, surrounded, surrounded by his family, and that's the way to go. And then my, uh, my daughter tells me a story, and I can't give specifics because of patient confidentiality, but my daughter works in a hospital. She's a CNA. And, uh, she sends the family a picture of her sobbing one day, about a week, week and a half ago. And so I talked to her. I asked her, what's going on? What, what happened? And she has this, had this elderly patient that she had been treating, well, taking care of in the hospital for some time. And they, you know, as tends to happen, developed a little bit of a friendship. And then he got moved to the, uh, to the uh, ICU and uh, was told by the doctors that like half of his heart had died and was not working and would not work again. And before she left on, it was like Thursday, it was a Thursday night, before she left for, for the night, she stopped down at the ICU to see him and he said, so is this the last time I'm going to see you? And she said, no, I'm going to be back on Monday. She had the weekend off. and She goes, I'll be back on Monday. And he goes, oh, honey, I'm not going to make it till Monday, so this is the last time I'm going to see you. And she said, okay, so that we're not, we're not going to make this the last time. I'm going to come in tomorrow on my day off in the morning, and I'm going to sit with you. And uh, she said goodbye. She went home. She got up the next morning to go in. She got a call from people she worked with that he didn't make it through the night. He died alone in an ICU bed with nobody he knows around him. And I feel so bad for that man. 
Because nobody deserves to die alone. You know, that's... It's one of my biggest fears, and... One of my biggest guilts. My father didn't die alone. He had my wife by his side, but... I wasn't there for him when he died. I uh I had been there and uh I was getting tired and so my wife and I swapped out shifts so to speak. And she was the one that was there with him when he died. And I should have been there. I shouldn't have left. I shouldn't have left them there. My dad would not leave my stepmother's side when she was dying. She died in their bed. Pancreatic cancer ate her to the bone. And he had a kitchen chair sitting next to the bed on her side of the bed for days on end. Probably weeks. He wouldn't leave. He, the washer, the washing machine, the clothes washer broke down while this was going on. And he raced to Sears, ran into the store, Pointed to a washer and said, I'll take that one, deliver it to my house. Paid for it really quick, gave him the address and went home. He could not be away from her. I know that if it was my wife, I I don't even think I could do that. I just feel bad for that guy. Alone in an ICU bed in the middle of the night. God damn. Okay. Give me a second here, guys. Oh, God. I have a fucking piping hot mess these days, guys. I am falling apart at Mach 2. All right, Uh, back to news, back to actual news. This is a story that I've been wanting to talk about for a couple of weeks now, and just, like I said, haven't had a chance to from not doing a podcast to then breaking down like a slobbering idiot last week. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a Delta flight that had to turn around recently. I'm going to read to you from CNN. (gasps) The deadly, dreaded CNN. What makes this even worse is that this was a transatlantic flight. (laughs) And it's to a city that my wife, myself, 
and our family are considering going in 2025 as a departure point for a cruise that we're that we're I'm actually waiting for the travel agent to get back to me so we can put the deposit down. I've emailed her twice in the last couple of days. A Delta Airlines flight from Atlanta to Barcelona, Spain was forced to return, I'm sorry, was forced to turn around after a passenger had diarrhea. The Airbus 350 had set out on time on the evening of September 1st with 336 passengers on board, but was forced to turn around over central Virginia. It's just a biohazard issue. We had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. A pilot said to air traffic control, the Airbus 350 arrived back at Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport slightly more than two hours after its departure. Delta told CNN that the flight was delayed just over eight hours, but landed in Barcelona without further incident on Saturday at 5.16 p.m. local time. Our teams worked as quickly and safely as possible to get our customers to the final destination, a spokesperson said. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the delay and inconvenience their travel uh, plans had. If you go and, and look up this story, Delta Airlines had to, Delta Airlines flight from Georgia to Barcelona had to turn around because of diarrhea. This passenger did not just have diarrhea. They shit down the fucking aisle of this plane. Like they could not make it to the head. So there was shit up and down the fucking plane. Good on them for not going, we're going to muscle through this and make it to Barcelona because damn. But holy, can you imagine? I don't know if you're, for anybody that's listening, if you've flown in your lifetime or, or even recently, can you imagine the disembarkment procedure in Virginia or, it, or in back in Atlanta when they got back to, to Hartsfield? When everybody had to get up, get their overhead shit out, and avoid the snail trail of shit down the fucking aisle. How? I, I, how? That had to be the most vile fucking scene imaginable. The... I, I can't even fit it into my head how nasty that had to be. I don't even know if I'd be able to carry on to Barcelona. I mean, I know I'm pretty sure that we would be able to, but God damn, man. God damn. That had to be... And listen. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) No shade towards the person that had the trots. We've all been there. It's happened. Oh my God! I'm, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm doing it. I'm happening. I'm shitting in the street. You know it. We it. It's happened to the best of us. I feel bad for the person because not only did that person cause a flight to Barcelona to have to get delayed by eight hours, 
But that person has the embarrassment of being the one that shit down the aisle and then what, had to sit there in their own shit while they returned to Hartsfield? You know what I mean? Damn. Damn. Like, that all around, just a bit. What do you do? You then get off the plane and then go wait for your luggage at luggage return? Completely fucking soiled? Just throw those clothes away. Which, by the way, full disclosure, I've done that. I've done that. So I worked landscaping. If you know me for any period of time, you know I worked landscaping for a long period of time, which means I have taken my fair share of shits in a porta potty. And I have shit myself more than my fair share of times. And I used to carry spare underwear with me. I used to carry in my work truck, I had spare underwear a spare pair of pants or shorts and a roll of toilet paper and a package of wet wipes. And more than a couple of times I have coughed and shit myself and have literally gone into a porta potty with my own wet wipes, my own toilet paper, a spare pair of underwear and a knife. And I've literally cut underwear off of myself as I'm sitting on a porta potty shitting, you know, doing the rest of the shit. To leave that fucking underwear in that port. We're done with that pair. It's not even fucking worth washing. Which, by the way, boys and girls, there that's where having an understanding wife comes into play. Because not a lot of wives would be like, why do you carry spare underwear and shorts in your truck with you? And what happened to the underwear that you were wearing when you left the fucking house? You know what I mean? A lot of questions need to get filled in. Uh, when something like that happens. So, such a bizarre story from Delta Airlines. Now, now speaking of bizarre stories, I know I do politics in here, but I got I to talk about this next story because, I mean, how can we not? Uh, there appeared to be a three-legged bear break into a home in Florida that then proceeded to drink White Claws. I'm going to read to you from the Miami Herald. A Central Florida teenager watching TV with his dog had an unexpected visitor at his home in Lake Mary, about 20 miles north of Orlando. A three-legged bear had broken into the lanai through the screen door, and it seemed hungry. The 13-year-old, Joseph Diglow, started recording as the animal limped around the pool area, sniffing for an early dinner at around 5 p.m. Holy shit. Oh my God. Look at him. He could be heard saying, uh, uh, sounding terrified off camera to his dog, which he eventually locks up in the garage. This is crazy. Joseph continues to record the bear rummaging uh, through the patio and then finds the jackpot, the outdoor fridge. The creature managed to open the door and grab two white claw hard seltzers as the dog barked like crazy. The boy showed off uh, the crushed cans of alcohol to WESH2 news cameras uh, the next day. Uh, In case you were wondering, the flavors were mango and strawberry. Excuse me. Quote, so he came through there, he walked around the patio and found what he needed, and then he went back out to the same hole that he opened, said the boy's mother, Josery Finetti Diglio. The bear is a bit of a local celebrity. Many people know the bear. 
have seen the bear, and they refer to the bear as tripod. And ladies and gentlemen, a three-legged bear known as tripod breaking into somebody's home to drink White Claws is about the most Florida thing you are ever going to hear in your lifetime. I mean, is there any place else that you're going to hear a story like that? Well, I don't know, there's a lot of bears in the Smoky Mountains. Maybe maybe you hear a story like that in Tennessee. No, you're not going to hear a story like that in Tennessee because that is only a fucking Florida story right there. That's it. Good on you, Tripod. I hope you got a fucking buzz. And to that family, stock more White Claws. Now we're going to touch a little bit closer to home here. Uh, we have a story out of the city of Chicago that... Uh, I think needs to be dealt with in some way, shape, or form. And I have not gone back to uh, check on any updates on this story, but uh, the city of Chicago has an issue with uh, its teachers' union president. Now, <laughs> just so that everybody's aware, saying that the city of Chicago has a problem with its teachers' union president is nothing new. That's nothing new. This one, this this is... This is a bit of glaring hypocrisy, though. I'm going to read to you now from WGN-TV in Chicago. After an onslaught of online criticism and days of silence, the head of Chicago Teachers Union now admits she sends her eldest son to a private high school. Stacey Davis Gates has been an outspoken critic of school choice, but she said her family was forced to make unfair choices due to disinvestment in her own community. Regrettably, whether you you are an ardent supporter of building and investing in more high-quality neighborhood public schools or believe in school choice, we can all agree that options for black students, their families, and entire black communities on this city's south and west sides are limited, Davis Gates wrote in a letter to CTU members. So... She wrote some other things in the letter, and, you know, this is her way of tap dancing around this, but this is a woman who has said that school choice is racist and that it is unfair to divert public funds for private schools, and I don't disagree with that. I am not in favor of using public funds to finance private schools. If you want to send your kid to a private school, you have the right to do that. If you want to send your kid to a Catholic school or some other type of private school, go ahead. But you don't get to use my taxpayer dollars for that. Now, it's not my taxpayer dollars in this instant in that, in that I don't live in the city of Chicago. But in general, I'm speaking. We all, if we own property, we all pay into funding the public schools in our area. And this woman has been an ardent supporter of public schools and is the head of, it is the president of the Chicago Teachers Union public school system. And she sends her kid to a private school. Now, could it be a shitty school? Yeah, very well could be. Could it be an underfunded school? Yeah, very well could be. 
but you lead by example. It is something that I have been railing away at for years and years and years, and more so in, in, in the last several months. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you actually did, right? Don't tell me what the plan is. Don't tell me what the idea is. Don't tell me what the vision is. Show me what you're going to do with your actions. And she talks a good game about wanting to keep public schools as funded as humanly possible and railing away against private schools, but then sends her kid to a private school. Lead by example. Send your kid to your local public school and talk about how much more funding that school. Look at how much more we could be doing for these kids. And I'm an, I have an inside track on this. I have a kid in that school. I just don't, I just disagree with this, you know. Well, you know, I know that I don't like pu- private schools and that I know that I, I, I'm an advocate for public schools and the president of the, one of the largest teachers, public school teachers unions in the country. But, you know, the kid, the neighborhood that my kid would go to, the, the school that my kid would go to is just, it's so bad. I, I'm sorry. You, it, you can't have it both ways. You can't. And this is just a bad move on her part. And something that I think needs to be rectified on her part. And in my personal opinion, the Chicago Teachers Union probably needs to find itself a new president. Which, once again, is nothing new in Chicago when it comes to teachers union presidents. They have, there, have been, there have been a string of fucked up Chicago Teachers Union presidents go through that role in recent years. A few have been decent. Most have been shit. And, you know, it's time for them to get their head on straight and find somebody that's actually going to live up to the words that they speak. Actions speak louder than words. Uh, Moving on. I'm trying to get through a handful of these stories here that I've missed over the last few weeks and still keep this within the usual one hour time frame. I also have a question for you at the end of this podcast, so stick around because I want to talk to you guys about something concerning something else. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, Alabama's redrawn congressional map getting rejected. Um, <clears throat> Alabama redrew its congressional maps and limited the number of black represented districts to one. Now, Georgia is experiencing a boom. Atlanta is the the Atlanta metro area is the fastest growing urban area in the country, fastest growing metro area in the country. And there is a rather large contingent of black population in and around Atlanta. And the 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 Republicans in that state redrew the map in such a manner that there was only one black representative from that state. It, it was a total gerrymander job. So the courts rejected it and said, you got to go redraw it and have at least one more majority black congressional district. They're just underrepresented for how many people are in the state. And so the Republicans redrew the map a second time and did not include a second majority black congressional map. And so the judge or the, the courts have rejected the Republican district map for a second time and told them you need to get back to the drawing board and you need to do it right the fuck now. We're knocking on the door of 2024. 
It is time for you to figure this shit out. We've got primaries coming up, which means we got to pick candidates to run for these districts, and you don't even have the fucking district set. The Republicans in Georgia are playing fucking games, and they're going to get themselves in trouble. Now, speaking of Georgia, as you know, there's the Trump case that's, that's pending down there, along with 17 others on the RICO charges, and just this week... It was revealed uh, by District Attorney Fannie Willis, the one who's prosecuting the 19 traitors to our country, uh, that former attorney Lynn Wood, huge Trump supporter, is a witness for the state. Lynn Wood went in and testified to the grand jury uh, without putting up a fight and said he was completely open and honest with them. And he's got nothing to hide, and yada, yada, yada. And then he disappeared. Now, this is a guy that's facing disbarment, or was facing disbarment, for his efforts to push the overturn or the rigged election narrative. And he voluntarily gave up his law license rather than face disbarment. And now, Fannie Willis says, yeah, by the way, he's a, he's a witness for the state. We're going to be calling him as a witness. Now, he denies that he flipped on Trump, but... This is a guy who, once again, was facing disbarment. He's going to do whatever the fuck he can to save his ass in this, in this instant. And of course he's going to come out and say, I didn't flip on Trump, because he doesn't want fl- Trump to flip out on him ahead of the, uh, the trial. But that's going to be an interesting uh, uh, scene, having Lynn Wood um, up there on the, uh, on the witness stand telling what he knows in regards to Trump's involvement to overturn the Georgia election. Now, speaking of Trump, his uh, deposition in New York for the upcoming trial, his trial uh, uh, for the $250 million civil suit in New York, that begins in just like a couple of weeks, early to mid-October. He's facing a $250 million fine if, if he loses this, uh, this uh, $250 million judgment. Uh, if he loses this trial, and he would be uh, disallowed, he and his family, I believe, would be disallowed from doing business in New York for a decade if they lose this trial. And he was deposed, and in talking in the deposition, it seemed like Trump threw every excuse humanly possible against the wall. Um, the deposition was leaked. You can go see it. You can go read uh, the transcripts from it. And in the deposition, he talked about how he saved millions of lives by diverting or averting a possible nuclear war with North Korea because of his great relationship with North Korea. Uh, he said that he didn't think anybody would take his financial disclosure statements seriously because he really made those for himself just to kind of review his assets. Bullshit. And all bullshit lies. And then the, the, the cherry on top, he said, well, you know, Eric has really been handling that end of the business since I became president. You know, basically, go talk to Eric. This, you know, he did all of this. This motherfucker is going to throw everybody he possibly can under the bus before he goes down uh, in a ball of flames. Now, speaking of going down in a ball of flames... Uh, Since we last spoke, uh, you probably know this already, but uh, Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio 
was sentenced to 22 years in prison uh, as a result of his uh, involvement in the January 6th insurrection. Uh, He is 39 years of age. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison. And uh, in federal cases, you have to serve 85% of the time that you're sentenced to. Which means Enrique Tario will not be out of prison until he's around 58 years old. And he's one of a handful of people that have been sentenced to rather long prison sentences. 17 years, 18 years, 15 years, 22 years. All of these various leaders of these upper management levels, I should say, of these upper leadership levels of these white supremacist organizations uh, that planned and plotted January 6th. And the question becomes, was it worth it? What, was it worth throwing away two decades of your life for a man that doesn't give a fuck about you and sold you on a lie? There is a better than average chance that Donald Trump will not be alive when Enrique Tarrio gets out of prison. You're going to go to prison for the better part of two decades for a man that wouldn't piss on your head if your hair was on fire and who won't even be alive by the time you get out of prison. Are you fucking kidding me? I... I just don't understand it. I I just don't understand it at all. Now, something else I don't understand is uh, Nancy Pelosi saying she's going to run for re-election in 2024. Um, She's going to be 83 years. She is 83 years old. I know people say that this is ageist on my part. That's ageism if you say they're too old to run. No, they are too fucking old to run. They're too fucking old. It's not ageism. It's reality. We're not talking about whether or not they can do the job. We're talking about whether or not they should do the job. As I've stated in earlier uh, podcasts, there are age limits for everything from air traffic controllers to pilots to uh, officers in the military. We make people retire at certain ages all the time because there are certain jobs that should not be done past a certain age. 83, 84, 85 years old uh, is not the age of somebody... Let me correct the way I'm saying this. Somebody who's 83 should not be making laws that are going to have a 40, 50, 60 year effect on this country. You should not be making laws for people that are going to affect people's lives, I should say, when you're going to be gone for years while those laws are affecting our lives. It's ridiculous. And, And I don't often agree 
with Mitt Romney. But Mitt Romney has announced that he is not running for re-election in 2024 and said that nobody from his generation or older should run again. He said that the representation in this country should no longer be coming from baby boomers or people older than baby boomers. He's a baby boomer and he sees that it's his time to step to the side. And it is. It is time for Mitt Romney to step to the side. It is time for Nancy Pelosi to step to the side. It's time for Donald Trump and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer and Chuck Grassley and Mitch McConnell and Dianne Feinstein and, and, and all of the rest of them to step aside. This shit is gone, has gone on long enough and it should not have to take us waiting for you to die to get adequate representation in Congress. It should not take that. And personally speaking, as much as I have loved the accomplishments of Nancy Pelosi, as much as I think she is one of the most, if not the most accomplished Speaker of the House in American history, I would love nothing more than to see a young contender primary her for her seat. This shit has got to end. People ask me all the time, when are you going to run for office? When are you going to do it? I'm not. I'm not. There was a point in time in which I had a desire to run for office. There was a point in time in which I thought to myself, you know what? I, I should get into public, uh, uh, public office. I should represent X, Y, or Z. And, and that time has come and gone. I don't want to run for public office. I don't want to hold a public seat. You know what? You want to know what I want to do? I want to make my money and spend my time with my wife. I don't have a ton of time left. I'm not dying tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. But I got maybe 20 good years left in me. Hopefully longer than that. I don't want to spend that time in in public office. I want to spend that time traveling with my wife. I tell you something right now. My wife working from home has become one of the best things ever. I, I, when she started working from home, my first thought process was, cool, you're not going to have to battle rush hour traffic and you know, you're going to be able to relax and work at your own pace sort of thing. My second thought was, fuck, I'm not going to have the house to myself anymore. Not that I was throwing parties or anything, but you know, in the wintertime when my kids would go to school and my wife would go to work, there was nobody in the house but me and the animals, and it was nice and quiet. And it's still nice and quiet, only it's better than it was before. It's better than it was before because she's there. And I gotta tell you, the number of times that I ate lunch alone at our kitchen table in the middle of the day in an attempt to just try and keep some form of normal schedule for myself. Too many to count. Now, my wife doesn't always come out and have lunch with me every day by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that she's there is just nice. And that's what I want to spend my time on. I want to spend my time with my wife, with my family, and not debating somebody in 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 open session about whether or not we should change x y or z it's it's beyond me at this point in time and people like nancy pelosi need to take the fucking hint and step the fuck aside
Of course, that doesn't mean that everybody from the younger generation is qualified to step up and make laws for us, as we can see with what's going on in the House of Representatives right now. The House of Representatives, like the Senate, took their August recess. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with how Congress works, every year in August, Congress takes the month off. Actually, they take six weeks off. It's a nice break, isn't it? It's their summer recess. It's their summer break. They go home. They get to meet with constituents. They get to go on vacation. They get to golf a lot. They get to chill. They don't have to worry about being in session and making laws. And then when they come back, they get back to the business of legislating for the people. Now, while Congress was on recess this year, we had a major natural disaster. The Maui wildfires. Seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Well, it's not. It wasn't that long ago. And during recess, Speaker McCarthy said to the people of Maui, When we get back, we're going to get to work on getting you the aid that you need. Because that kind of aid can only come from the House of Representatives. Joe Biden did everything he could legally within his powers. He declared a uh, a national disaster area. He sent in the military. He sent in FEMA. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry about that. He gave them as much money as he was legally allowed to give them. And now it's up to the House of Representatives, which is controlled by the Republicans and Speaker McCarthy. Well, now they've been back in session for two and a half weeks, a week and a half, almost two weeks. There is no aid package. There is no aid bill. We are a week and a half away from a government shutdown. We can't even get Republicans to agree on a budget to fund the government. We are steamrolling towards a government shutdown. And what has the House of Representatives started? They started an investigation into Biden's response to the Maui wildfires. They started an investigation or an impeachment inquiry as well. Because that's all that the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives care about. Impeaching somebody to get back at the Democrats for impeaching uh, Trump twice. So, first order of business, first day back from recess, they open an impeachment inquiry. Now, the inquiry has already fallen apart. They just haven't gotten the memo yet because Republican members of the House have already said, we don't actually have any proof that Joe Biden did anything wrong. All right, impeachment inquiry over, homie. (coughs) You have some proof that Hunter Biden did some shit wrong? Aces, go arrest Hunter Biden. He, you can't impeach him. He doesn't hold office. So if you're admitting that you have no proof, zero evidence of any wrongdoing on Joe Biden's part, why the fuck are you wasting the American taxpayer's dime with an impeachment inquiry? Why haven't you come up with a Maui aid bill yet? And why... When it comes to Maui, are you using your time and our resources to investigate Joe Biden's response to Maui when you fuckers haven't responded to it yet? Oh, we heard lots of thoughts and prayers on Twitter. We heard lots of people on Twitter 
rail away against Biden for what he has done. Can't believe he only gave him $700 a piece. That's all he's allowed to give them. That was for immediate, right now, you need toothpaste, you need some medical care, you need some clothes. That was what that is for. That's all he's allowed to do. (coughs) He's not allowed to give them millions of dollars. Or billions of dollars. That's got to come from the House. And the people in the House ripped Joe Biden apart for his response, but they won't do anything about it. They, and I've heard all the excuses. Well, Joe Biden asked for $12 billion for the people of Maui, but he also asked for $24 billion for Ukraine in the same ask. That doesn't mean you got to put it in the same bill. Joe Biden doesn't get the right bills. He just gets to ask for things. And then Congress gives them, uh, gives him what they pass. Just because he asked for $12 billion for Hawaii and $24 billion from Ukraine doesn't mean you have to give him that. Oh, oh by the way, he also asked for $4 billion for the, uh, the border security uh, funding on our southern border. But you guys didn't say that that was a problem, did you? No, you left that part out. So then don't put it all in a bill. Put just Maui aid in a bill. And get it passed. So then the next excuse is, well, Democrats won't allow it to pass. What do you mean Democrats won't allow it to pass? Democrats don't have that power. You need 218 votes to pass something in the House of Representatives. Republicans have more than 218 representatives in the House. They could pass any fucking bill they wanted to without a single Democratic vote right now. It's bullshit excuse making. Well, then the next excuse is, it'll never pass the Democratic-controlled Senate. Then force the Democrats' hand by passing the bill in the House and sending it to the Senate. Because then, if you do that, Republicans, if you pass a standalone $12 billion Maui aid package bill in the House of Representatives and send it to the Senate, then it's on Chuck Schumer's hands. If it doesn't come to the floor for a vote, then you get to blame Democrats. If it doesn't pass, then you get to blame Democrats. Force their hand. Don't give me this bullshit excuse that it's not going to pass there. We, it's just going to be a waste of our time. Bullshit. It's not a fucking priority for you. And that's the problem that we have with our politics today. One side says, hey, I want to help the American people. The other side bitches about the ideas they come up with and says, no, I have better ideas. Then they, they get in power and they don't do shit. The Republicans have held the House of Representatives since January. What have they passed? What have they passed? The Democrats are far from perfect, but at least they get shit done. When the Democrats had power, they got the infrastructure bill passed, they got the Rescue and Recovery bill passed, they got the CHIPS Act passed, they got the PACT Act passed, they got all of these bills passed to help the American people. Republicans take control, and all they do is investigate people they don't like. That's it. Go look at the legislative history of this Congress dating back to January when they took control. They haven't passed a fucking thing to help the American people. They ran on more jobs. Where's the bill to get more jobs? They ran on uh, making sure that gas is affordable, which they can't do. But that's what they ran on. Where's the bill to make gas more affordable? They ran on making 
uh, housing and, and, and food more affordable? Where are the bills? We have been waiting, ladies and gentlemen, 13 years for a replacement plan for Obamacare. 13 years. Where's the bill? Where's the health care plan? Remember how many times Republicans ran on the platform of repeal and replace? Repeal and replace. Obamacare. Repeal and replace. Repeal and replace. Where's the fucking replacement? We're going to have a health care bill that makes it even better for the American people and more affordable and give them more access. The only thing we see now of the Republicans when it comes to health care is them fighting the fact that Joe Biden got $35 insulin for people. They don't think that that's right. They think that the makers of insulin should be able to charge whatever the hell they want to charge. Where are the bills to help the American people? There are none. And now, with a week and a half to go to a government shutdown and zero agreement from the far right wing of his, uh, of his caucus to the moderates of his caucus on how to fund the government with no consensus, so therefore no plan to stop or avert a government shutdown, we now have the Republicans launching an investigation into Joe Biden's response to the Maui wildfires. Ladies and gentlemen, the modern-day Republicans are as useful, or as useless, I should say, as underwear on a hooker. You got to vote blue in 2024 if you want anything done. We got to end this madness. Now, really quickly, I want to tell you that the Patreon podcast is coming back with guests. I'm going to have interview guests on the Patreon podcast. Uh, I'm hoping to start that in the middle of October. I'm working out the last of the technical kinks. Uh, we're, we are so, I've already got a lot, a whole list of guests that have agreed to appear. This is getting good. Get ready for some, some return, uh, podcasts on Patreon. And I need a name folks. I need a name for the taco Tuesdays with Tom just seems a little childish. So come up with some names, send them my way, leave some voicemails on this platform, send me some emails and let's get this thing figured out so we can get back to doing Patreon podcasts as well, okay? I appreciate the patience from you guys over the course of the last couple of weeks. I appreciate you guys letting me uh, blubber like idiot, like an idiot to you in last week's episode. And it's not going to be the last time, I guarantee you. Uh, I, I do apologize for those. Um, but um, every now and again, I just fall apart. You know what I mean? So that's all I got for you guys this week. Tune in next week for an all-new episode. And until then, as always, stay grateful.